uh, of some uh, headline news going on, and it says that mounting claims of Christian persecution in India rise to the country's Supreme Court. And so there is a call, there is a rise, okay, the persecution going on in India of the Christians has now reached the Supreme Court of that nation. And so uh, we want to uh, be praying for the people of, of India. We want to pray that they have receptive hearts. Number two, we want to pray for the Christians that they, uh, in the midst of persecution, that there is a presence of God that stirs them and drives them and motivates them to uh, not give up, but to press on. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God's word says in the last days that there would be persecution. There would be. And, and be ready for it. Hallelujah. We in America are not, we're not used to it. Okay. And so uh, I pray that the grace of God would come as those times happen. And that we too would be standing like I believe a lot of Indian people are for the cause of Christ. Hallelujah. We have two uh, um, uh, ministries that we uh, uh, work with. Okay. Both of them last name Easterdoss. Okay, and they are, have been in our uh, lives for many, many years. And uh, so Pastor Dan went there in the 90s, 91. And uh, one of the Easter Dosses came several years ago. And uh, I was able to meet them. And marvelous, marvelous men of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with power. Back at, at the previous church we were at, he he said, can I go to both services? He said, I'm used to long, long, long services. You guys are real short with your services. Can I go for both services? Because then I'll, I'll, I think I'll be filled. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. So uh, I wanted to share about the fact that we need to be praying for the people of India. Pray for uh, the Easter Doss family, that they proclaim the gospel to the very end in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And if you have desire to give in that respect, we have a place, you know, on, online, okay, to be able to do that. And uh, that brings me to the offerings and the tithes, okay, regarding uh, the fact that in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, it says, The point is this. Paul talking, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Have you ever just planted a few things? And what do you get? I'm going to repeat that. If you, it, it, have you ever sowed just a few things? Okay, what did you get as a result? A few things. <laughs> and whatever and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I remember my, my family, we had a garden, and we just didn't plant just a few things, okay? We made sure that every row was filled, okay, with whatever uh, vegetable that we were, had, were planting. And, and as a result, through some, some cultivating and, and taking care of, maintaining, what happened? We got a bountiful uh, uh, harvest, amen? So, so bountifully, you will what? reap bountifully, sow sparingly, and you will reap sparingly, okay? And, and then just remember this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, okay? We don't want to compel you in a sense, you know, to make, make you do it, okay? But we encourage the people of God 
Hallelujah. Hear the heart of God. Hear the heartbeat of God. Hallelujah. And then respond out of that. Chances are you'll give more than 10%. (laughs) And then I want you to remember if you want to give, you know, we have the envelopes in the back. We have the text to give and we have the online, as I said a moment ago. All right. I want us to take a few moments and uh, uh, go to the Lord and say, Father, say, Father, I'm ready to receive the whole word, the living word, the uncompromising word of the living God. I thank you for Pastor Dan and all that he will share from the heart of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in agreement, just give him a yell, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. How was Parson Hancock last week? (laughs) Uh, Well, he always does a great job, doesn't he? Glory to God. And the ladies, Carol and Howard, are on a trip. And Cammie and Katina, by the way, you notice they're on top of things now? Okay. Of course, they've always been on top of things, but they're really on top of things now. Did such a great job this morning. Um, How do you like Leon Timbro? He was the second song today. Um, Used a lot of him in the past few years. And then the third song, how many of you remember that song from last year at this time? I better see at least one hand. I'm going to be really disappointed. One, Brad. Okay, okay. The back row back here, they always, they've got it. Uh, they catch everybody that's not spiritual trying to run out the door. They catch, those three ladies just catch. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, Brother Charles Tenley wrote that around 1850. A little black boy about eight years old going to church on Sunday morning, sat in the back of the, it actually stood in the very back of the church because he didn't have clothes that were appropriate. But he was going to hear the word of God. And he did. And he became a tremendous pastor, got a doctorate of divinity, and uh, wrote many, many, many hymns. And uh, that just shows you where you put your trust. You put your trust in Jesus. And he will raise you up. Praise God. Amen. And we're going to hear some more good stuff today about another guy that uh, did something rather amazing. Hallelujah. John George next week. Be ready to rock and roll. It'll be a fun time and it'll be a strong one. So come on in and and get it. Hallelujah. Also, uh, some of you and hopefully a lot of you have been hearing about the Asbury Revival. How many of you know what's going on there? Okay. A couple of people anyway. Um, Fox News has even got it, you know. I've, I've seen two uh, different uh, broadcasts on it. Asbury University is just southwest of Louisville, Kentucky. It's an older university uh, founded somewhere in the, the middle of the 19th century. Uh, also uh, released Asbury Theological Seminary about 100 years ago. And then they separated, so they're two distinct uh, upper, uh, upper educational facilities, universities. Uh, they're distinct, 
Um, Asbury is non-denominational. Asbury Theological is Wesleyan. If you're not familiar with that denomination, it's not real big, but it's real strong. And uh, anyway, they're across the street from each other. And we have some real good connections uh, spiritually with some of those people. Uh, Craig Tiener, who's written a two-volume set about miracles and healings uh, in the last few years, uh, is one of the uh, theological professors. And uh, he's written, uh, like I say, those two books and then many others. But he totally researched these and has proof of modern-day miracles and modern-day healings. It's really, really cool. And then uh, one of my favorite theologians, Ben Witherington, is also one of the professors there at Asbury Theological. And then one of the alumni is a guy that happened uh, to have written a book. Uh, His name is Jim Garlow. He's written quite a few books, but he wrote one called The Covenant. So we've been... uh, listening to him the last few weeks on Wednesday nights, and we'll continue through that series. So I just feel a real spiritual connection um, with what's going on there. And I'll be saying some things about more about Asbury here in a little bit. But I understand there's now 16 college campuses with a revival that's broken out. Started 10 days ago in Asbury. And here's key, folks. This is key. And Asbury's had... Revivals before 1970 and even back into the last century. And it usually starts there and then goes to other colleges. And some great revivals that have come across this country have happened. But you know what started the revival? It was just a normal chapel morning on a Wednesday morning. The kids came together for chapel service. One young man. One person, like my granddaddy would light his match, lit it by coming forward and confessing some sins in his life. I've read quite a bit about revivals in the past years. Folks, real revival is not signs and wonders. Signs and wonders is an outcome of real revival. But real revival is repentance, forgiveness, and other elements, and I'll also mention a string of them. Those are, in every real revival, it's not a dog and pony show. People don't understand it, and that's okay. We're not supposed to. You're supposed to be there and soak it up and take advantage of what the Spirit of God is doing. Revival can strike here if we want it. It's hitting a lot of churches, a lot of places, but we have to want it. We've got to seek God. We've got to ask Him. And we've got to be open to do it. And we've got to be able to move with the Spirit of God in whatever He is doing. And that starts out by being open and honest. Yes, 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 yes. God wants to set us right. He wants us to be a people that walk holy before Him. He wants us to be a people that come to church to worship Him collectively and to be able to minister to and and be with the body of Christ. He wants us to be able to know that he is our source on everything in life that's good and perfect. He wants us to know that he's daddy, daddy God, Abba Father. 
He wants us to know that as a family, that he will purge us, cleanse us, build us up, strengthen us, empower us to walk this walk in these days, which if the way, if you haven't realized it, these are not the best days our country's ever had. Yeah. Understatement of the year. But so what? Do you carry your weather on the inside? Can, can hail and sleet and snow and rain and all those things, the wind blows because we get that in Oklahoma, and we're not moved because we're standing on the word. We're standing on the foundation that Jesus Christ has given us. We're standing on him. That song, Lean On Me, oh, I think about that, and I think what Brother Tenley went through with to get there. It's, it's beyond our grasp. But nothing could stop him from worshiping the God in heaven and his Father, regardless of the situations. And he pastored a very large church with a lot of people that were born again. And it's, it's so inspirational as we look at men and women who have gone before us, laid a pavement of spiritual life that we can come walk on and take advantage of. Praise God. Today, we're going to talk about a man of God that changed America. William Seymour, and I just want to call him Daddy Seymour because that's what a lot of people called him back then. Daddy Seymour, his parents were slaves. He was illiterate. But he was seeking God. He was after the Lord. I'm not going to go in depth on his history, but I want to give you the, the highlights of it because I actually want to share some things out of a couple different books that say it so much better than I could ever say it. There was a revival that started in Topeka, Kansas, just after the turn of the 20th century. And Charles Parnum was a Bible teacher, Bible professor, and he had a bunch of young people. And a lady by the name of Agnes, Agnes I didn't look up her name. It's something, I think it's Osman. It's something close to that. It may not be exactly that. And um, she and some other students came to him right before Christmas break and said, Brother Parnum, we, we've been reading the book of Acts. And we've read in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit came into the place where they were praying and filled them. And they all burst out on the streets speaking in tongues. And all kinds of miracles and things happened. But most importantly, people got saved. What about that? What about that phenomena? He says, well, what about it? She said, well, is that for today? He said, why don't you all seek God? I know a lot of you are not going home for Christmas. Why don't you seek God and find out? When he came back, these young, young college students were, had experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
with the subsequence of speaking in tongues. Charles Parnham got it a few days later. Charles Parnham uh, was there for a while, and he goes to Houston, Texas. And he was teaching classes down there about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Daddy Seymour, a one-eyed black adult man, wanted to get in those classes, but that wasn't allowed back then. And Charles Parnham says, I'll tell you what you can do. If you'll, I'll leave the door open from the class. And if you're out there in the hall, you can hear everything we're saying. Daddy Seymour didn't get mad and turn around and call him a racist. Daddy Seymour said, yes, sir. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And he did that. He realized that through adversity, God will bring great things. And so he took the lower road, which was really the higher road, and listened to the meetings. And he felt the Lord calling to Los Angeles, California. How many of you know Los Angeles could use a dose of this today? <laughs> a double dose of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so he goes to California, Los Angeles, uh, Azusa Street, and he went one building, and then they got grew a house pretty quick, and they went to another building. And they used to hold meetings. He was not baptized in the Holy Spirit this time. He was saved. But he preached what the Bible said, not what he had experienced. And, of course, he experienced it pretty soon. And he, he taught, and there was a revival started and going on. And then when he started preaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people said, no, that's not for today. Well, they're not going to talk him out of it. He's been through a lot worse than a few babbling people. And so he withstood that. The crowd kind of went down, but it built up great again. And there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like Acts chapter 2. And people started coming in, and they had meetings Sometimes all day long, all night long, every day, the meetings weren't 60 minutes and I've had my dose for the week. The meetings were, I'm there and I'll be there until I leave. <laughs> People were seeking God. Daddy Seymour, I just mentioned he was illiterate. He did learn to read. He read one book in his lifetime, one book and one book only. What's that song, Kelly? B-I-B-L-E. Anyway, he read the Bible. And that's the only book he read. Wouldn't that be good for your spiritual renewal? <laughs> Not to have to soak in some of these other things that are out there. Well, I want you to put yourself in a 1906 to 1902, excuse me, 1902, that'd be the wrong word. 1906 to 1908 mindset. Try to imagine, uh, you think that car that you're driving or somebody else is having to drive is something? They would have appreciated a car back then. We're talking donkeys and horses and walking. <laughs> so put yourself in that mindset. Uh, no electronic interference with Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of them, Twitter and TikTok and all the rest of them. But the... The truth of the matter was the people wanted to hear from God and great things happened. Put yourself in that mindset. Here's one book that I picked up, When the Fire Fell. And um, it, it's about Daddy Seymour and 
there, the, the guy that wrote this, uh, these books, he wrote a whole bunch of them on Azusa Street. So you've got some really good historical truth and collection of data. He wrote uh, at least 12 books on Azusa Street. Four of them uh, pretty much were one series, and this was the first of that series. And uh, Azusa Street Sermons says number five on it. It was fifth out of the 12. Ah, folks, we need this so much in America today. We need to hear from God. We need to be moved. Holy Spirit, will you move with this place? Will you use us to reach the people that are outside of this place? Would you change us by your power, by your ability? Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to come before you and confess the things that are holding us back and let you show us the things that we don't even realize that are holding us back from where you want us to this day. Make church of tomorrow everything you want it to make. Make each one of us individually everything that you want to make out of us. You know so much better than we do. And you're able to deal with all the situations like we cannot do, but we want to. And Lord, we thank you that you're doing a new thing in each of us individually, and you're doing a new thing in us collectively. In Jesus' name. Putting yourself in the mindset of 1906 and 1908, I wanted just to read a few things out of this, this one book that I just thought was so good. Uh, I think I've got about six little things. Um, Start at the beginning, right? Okay. That's real funny. I've got number three. I don't know. I've got a one. There they are. Okay. This is actually part of the endorsements of the book. It paints a picture of the childlike faith of all consuming passion that have marked Christian revivals over two millennia. Number two, this catalog of entries is a jarring illustration of how a church void of sophistication and wealth, marked by felt need and resourced by dependency upon God, is best placed to turn its world upside down. Sound like the book of Acts does to me. And then moving into number three, it's just said some people are slain under the power of God. People are seeking three times a day at the altar. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three times. I put this in here because it talks about people being slain in the spirit and, and we see that and hear that. But folks, this is real. This wasn't, I want to impress everybody with how spiritual I am. This was like, I can't stand up. That's, there's a big difference there. You don't have to be slain under the spirit to get what God has. But if he does that, when there's quite a few places in the Bible where he, he, we talked about it. I don't want to major on this, but I just want to mention it. Uh, you don't have to fall over, okay? You just need to be touched by God. 
eyesight. Many people have laid aside their glasses and had their eyesight perfectly restored. The deaf have had their hearing restored. A man was healed of asthma of 20 years standing. Many have been healed of heart trouble and lung trouble. A little girl who walked with crutches and had tuberculosis of the bones, which I had never heard of that, um, as the doctors declared, was healed and dropped her crutches and began to skip about in the yard. Our daddy God can do anything. All over the city, God has been setting homes on fire and coming down and melting and saving and sanctifying and baptizing with the Holy Ghost. I read in another book many times, the fire department was called to this little building that they were meeting in because people saw flames of fire in the air. And the fire department showed up and said, what are you talking about? Supernatural manifestations, just like the book of Acts. Number four, a Mohammedan, a Sudanese by birth, a man who is in an interpreter and speaks 16 languages, came into the meetings at Azusa Street and the Lord gave him messages which none but himself could understand. He identified, interpreted, and wrote a number of the languages. Um, in about an hour and a half, a young man was converted, sanctified, and baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. He was also healed from consumption. That's tuberculosis. So that when he visited the doctor, he pronounced his lungs sound. I love this one. Many have received the gift of singing. La, 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 la. As well as speaking in the inspiration of the Spirit. The Lord's giving new voices. He translates old songs into new tongues. He gives the music that is being sung by the angels and has a heavenly choir, all the singing the same heavenly song in harmony. It is beautiful music. No instruments are needed in the meetings. Reminds me of the Welsh revival, very, very similar. By the way, the Welsh revival was at the same time period, just about a year or two before. Those are the two revivals that went around the world in the 20th century. Both of them did. Azusa, the fire of Azusa hit America. It was in newspapers all over the place, and then it spread to other countries. The gift of languages is given with the commission. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. The Lord has given languages to the unlearned, Greek, Latin, Hebrew, French, German, Italian, Chinese, Japanese, Zulu, and languages of Africa, Hindu, and Bengali, and dialects of India, Chippewa, and other languages of the Indians. Uh, Esquimax, the deaf-mute language, and the fact that the Holy Ghost speaks all the languages of the world through his children. During a meeting in Monrovia, last time I checked, that's not in the U.S., a preacher who at one time had been used of God in the Pentecost bands under Vivian Dake, but had cooled off, in other words, he's backslid, was reclaimed, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. When the power of God came on him, his eight-year-old son was kneeling behind him. The boy had previously sought and obtained a clear heart, and when the Holy Ghost fell on by his father, he also fell on him, and his hands began to shake, and he sang, 
in tongues. Just a few, very few different things. I've been fortunate enough to experience spots of revival. Even in a church that I pastored in Texas, I can't call it revival because we didn't meet every day. But we had spots of revival in the church that I was in before that as an associate. Sunday nights, we had, that's when we used to meet Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then once a month, Tuesday night, and Monday night. Not every week, but quite often, there's a group of about six or seven of us that stay after Sunday nights. And, you know, service start at seven, we may, may leave at 12 or so. With no written agenda, no agenda in our minds, just praying and sharing what the Holy Spirit was doing. I remember on a Sunday morning, preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's two little boys, nine years old. They were sitting in the chairs. And when I gave an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these two little boys came up on the stage. And I shared with them a little bit, asked them a couple of questions, said, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and when I do, you're going to speak in a heavenly language. And I got my hand about a foot from them, and they both burst out. Surprised me. <laughs> didn't work with them. Didn't have to. That's the kind of things that revivals bring. And it's not mentally understandable, but it's spiritually true. And that I thought, this, these kids are getting something that every kid in America needs because with that comes the endowment of power to be able to walk the Christian life and to be what you're supposed to be made of by God. Hallelujah. He preached, come to Jesus, Daddy Seymour, Get saved, get sanctified, get healed, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, his theology, uh, we're not going to walk on the same road 100%. All the major stuff, of course, is great. And some of the rest of it, uh, you know, he's working, he's working through some things. Why? So we could stand on his shoulders. So generations after him could stand on his shoulders. So there'd be a difference in Los Angeles. There'd be a difference in America. There'd be a difference in the world from that little building in Los Angeles. Azusa Street. God didn't care they weren't wealthy. God didn't care. And people were coming from all over America to it, to experience that and taking it back at home. It's kind of like monkey grass. You know what monkey grass is? It comes up and it, the, the, shout, the, the sprouts jump off into the ground and put roots. And another one, another one, another one. And all of those start doing other ones. And it'll fill up your fire bed in no time at all. Well, that's the way the fire of God does, but even faster. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're able to stand on the shoulders of men like Daddy Seymour, who had a profound influence on the world around him, the USA as well as the entire world. He definitely was able to call down from heaven a spiritual injection into the hearts and lives of men, women, and children. I don't want to tell you about this. I want you to breathe this. 
I want you to have it injected into your understanding. Not that I'm just telling you a story. This is more than that. It's the life-breathed spirit of God speaking to you directly. Open up the pathways. Open up your heart, your mind to the word of God. And as the spirit of God brings forth the things that we need. I'm going to read three sermons to you. Now you're thinking, oh my goodness gracious, he's gone nuts. He didn't preach very long. He didn't have to. Spirit of God fell. fell. The precious atonement. Children of God, partakers of the precious atonement, let us study and see what there is in it for us. First, through the atonement we receive forgiveness of sins. These are Daddy Seymour's words. They were written down by other people as he spoke. Second, we receive sanctification through the blood of Jesus. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Sanctified from all original sin, we become sons of God. Catch his heart of Daddy Seymour. For both he that sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hebrews 2.11. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers, sisters. How can we be ashamed to call other people who are born again Christians anything less than that? Regardless of their racial makeup, of their, which sex they are, the gender, regardless of how many dollars they do or don't have in their pocket, regardless of whatever they say, how they talk, whatever else. He's my brother. She's my sister. It's important that we realize people made in the image of God. Now, not everybody's your brother and sister, just those that are born again. Those other people need to be. They're the ones we need to reach. They're created in the image of God, so we still love them. But our brothers and sisters, we got to quit all this squibbling. And I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm just talking about the church overall. Uh, we don't have a spirit of division in this church. We don't have a bunch of gossiping and backbiting and all that stuff. Praise God. Boy, if you start that, I'll put Parson Kelly on you. It seems that Jesus would be ashamed to call them brethren. They were not, though, who were not sanctified. But then you will not be ashamed to tell men and demons that you are sanctified at the living of pure and holy life free from sin, a life that gives you power over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil does not like that kind of testimony. Through this precious atonement, we have freedom from all sin. Though we are all living in this old world, we're permitted to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Third, healing of our bodies. Catch this one. 
Sickness and disease are destroyed through the precious atonement of Jesus. Oh, how we ought to honor the stripes of Jesus, for with his stripes we are healed. How we ought to honor that precious body which the Father sanctified and sent into the world, not simply set apart, but really sanctified solely, soul, body, and spirit, free from sickness, disease, and everything of the devil, a body that knew no sin and disease was given for these imperfect bodies of ours. Not only is the atonement for the sanctification of our souls, but it's for the sanctification of our bodies from inherited disease. It matters not what has been in the blood. Every drop of blood we receive from our mother is impure. Sickness is born in a child just as original sin is born in the child. He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Every sickness is of the devil. And he goes on. He's got a lot of really good stuff on healing. Fourth, and we get the baptism with the Holy Ghost and fire upon the sanctified life. We get Christ enthroned and crowned in our hearts. Let us lift up Christ to the world in all his fullness, not only in healing and salvation from sin, but in his power to speak all the languages of this world. We need the triune God to enable us to do this. He also said, man in the garden of Eden was pure and happy and knew no sickness till that unholy visitor came into the garden. Then his whole system was poisoned and it has been flowing in the blood of all human families down the ages until God spoke to his people and said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus uh, 15, 26, isn't it? The children of Israel practiced divine healing. David, after being healed of rheumatism, perhaps contracted in the caves where he hid himself from his pursuers, testified saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name who forgives all thy iniquities and heals all thy diseases. David knew what it was to be healed. Healing continued with God's people till Solomon's heart was turned away by strange wives. And he brought back in the black arts and mediums and they went a-whoring after familiar spirits. God had been their healer, but after that they lost the spirit. They turned to the arm of the flesh to find something to heal their diseases. Thank God we have a living Christ among us to heal our diseases. He will heal every case. The prophet had said with his stripes we're healed. <clears throat> and it was fulfilled when Jesus came. Also he hath borne our griefs which means sickness, as translators tell us. Now, if Jesus bore our sickness, why should we bear them? Is this too deep? So we get full salvation through the atonement of Jesus. We that are messengers of this precious atonement ought to preach of it. Sanctification, justification, healing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and signs following. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? God is now confirming his words by granting signs and wonders to following the preaching of the full gospel in Los Angeles. Told you it was a short sermon. Maybe we read about 10 or 12 of them. 
The simplicity of the gospel is where the power is. I know of a Methodist church in Texas. 12,000 members. That kind of takes most of them out of the picture. They've had this discussion about this LGBTQIA plus situation in the Methodist denomination. And the Methodist church is ordaining people of that belief. And there's another group of people pulling out of the United Methodist called the Global Methodist. And this particular pastor of this church said, we're pulling out, we're going to the globalist, not globalist like he's talking about economically or politically. We're going to the globalist Methodist. We preach the same gospel that John Wesley preached. Now, those of you who don't know who John Wesley was, you need to find out. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, him and him crucified. He was the most well-read man of his, of his time. He rode over 50,000 miles on horseback, preaching three times a day on the average. And said basically what we would say, if I die with more than $20 in my pocket, I'm in sin. Woo! That'll wake some people up. We stand on the shoulders. People like Daddy Seymour, Charles Tyndall, John Wesley, and others, many others. How about this sermon? The way into the holiest. A sinner comes to the Lord all wrapped up in sin and darkness. He cannot make any consecration because he's dead. He is. He's dead spiritually. He cannot make any consecration. Okay, I said that once, Dan. Thank you. Okay. The life has to be put, the life has to be put into us before we can present any life to the Lord. He must get justified by faith. There is a lamb without spot and blemish slain before God for him. And when he repents toward God for his sins, the Lord has mercy on him for Christ's sake and puts eternal life in his soul, pardoning him of his sins, washing away his guilty pollution, and he stands before God justified as if he had never sinned. That's the gospel I'm talking about. Then there remains that old original sin in him for which he is not responsible till he has the light. We need to remind that when we're talking to people that aren't saved yet. He hears that Jesus, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate, and he comes to be sanctified. There's Jesus, the lamb without blemish on the altar. Jesus takes that soul that is eternal life and presents it to God for thorough purging and cleansing from all original and Adamic sin. And Jesus, the Son of God, cleanses him from all sin, and he's made it every whit whole, sanctified and holy. Now he's on the altar ready for the fire of God to fall, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is a free gift upon the sanctified, cleansed heart. The fire remains there continually, burning in the holiness of God. Why? Because he is sanctified and holy and on the altar continually. He stays there and the great Shekinah of glory is continually burning and filling with heavenly light. Now, those paragraphs are a little different than what we actually believe and teach. But just don't worry about that. There's plenty of truth to it too.
and there's a reality to it. And sanctification, we teach, is, is an ongoing experience, as the Bible talks about. It's a solical thing. It's not spiritual. It's not a thing to our spirit. It's a thing to our soul, our mind, will, emotions. It has to do with getting our mind renewed, as uh, Romans 12 says. And then it progresses, as Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, put to the test, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What is the 30, 60, 100-fold will of God. So it's a progression thing. And we, we have understanding that we have because men like this stood before us with not a whole lot, but they used every bit of it they had for the glory of God. How much are we using? That was a sermon. I just read you another sermon. <laughs> I wish Brother Dan had talked that short. No, you don't. <laughs> Bind that. Okay. Going to read one more. River of living water. In the fourth chapter of John, the words come, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have answered or that would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Praise God for the living waters today that flow freely, for it comes from God to every hungry and thirsty heart. In other words, you ain't getting it if you ain't hungry and thirsty. Jesus said, He that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water then we are able to go in the mighty name of Jesus to the ends of the earth and water dry places, deserts, solitary places, until these parts, sad, lonely hearts are made to rejoice in the God of their salvation. We want the rivers today. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Yeah, he's kind of loud, wasn't he? I'm, he got exclamation points. It had to be loud. In Jesus Christ, we get forgiveness of sin. And we get sanctification of our spirit, soul, and body. And upon that, we get the gift of the Holy Ghost that Jesus promised his disciples, the promise of the Father. All this we get through the atonement. Hallelujah. The prophet said that he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. So we get healing, health, salvation, joy, life, everything in Jesus. Glory to God. There are mighty wells today. There are many wells today, but they're dry. There are many hungry souls today that are empty. But let us come to Jesus and take him at his word and we will find wells of salvation and be able to draw waters out of the well of salvation for Jesus is that well. At this time, Jesus was weary from a long journey. He sat down on the well in Samaria and a woman came. How is it that thou being a Jew asketh drink of me? Who am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. 
Oh, how sweet it was to see Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, that great sacrifice which God has given to the lost, dying, and benighted world, sitting in the well and talking, sitting on the well and talking with the woman so gentle, so meek, and so kind that it gave her an appetite to talk further with him until he got into her secret and uncovered her life. Then she was pricked and her heart confessed her sins and received pardon. Cleansing from fornication and adultery was washed from stain and the guilt of sin was made a child of God. And above all, received the well of salvation in her heart. It was so sweet and joyful and good. Her heart was so filled with love that she felt she could take in a whole lost world. So she ran away with the well of salvation and let the old water pot on the well. How true it is in this day when we get the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We have something to tell. And it's that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. The baptism with the Holy Spirit gives us power to testify to a risen, resurrected Savior. Our affections are in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. How I worship Him today. How I praise Him for the all-cleansing blood. And, and I could go on and on, and a lot of you would stay here all day, I'm sure. The point is, he preached the bare-knuckle gospel. He preached the, what Jesus did on the cross and was raised from dead for. He, he, he preached the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He preached the necessity that we should go and share with other people the truth of what God has given us. Not hold back, but walk forth in that. Now, a lot of us love God with all, all of our hearts, but we're timid when it comes to sharing with other people. And it's because we have, we are afraid of God rather than have the fear of God. John Bevere has just come out of a book right along the same line that was written a long time, months ago, that they, the publisher said it takes a year to get a book from us to the to, to printing, but we're going to rush this one. They didn't know what was coming up. It's called The Awe of God. The printers had no idea what was coming up. Folks, all of this is converging right now in America for revival. The revival that a lot of us have prayed for for over 30 years. It is a fresh breath. It is a fresh river of water flowing out of the threshold in heaven from under the door of the temple in heaven. I got to preach on that, Kelly. Ezekiel, he saw it. He saw it. What are we going to do individually? Where will we be found as a church together, a collective body? It's up to us. God's pouring out of his spirit. Are, are we ready? Are we prepared? Well, not really. That's okay. You don't have to be prepared, but you need to get that way. God wants to do something. And you know, Hey, it can pass us right on by. It's not going to send you to hell if you don't partake in it. But you won't have a ride 
like you'll never have in your life unless you want to jump on the same wagon the Holy Spirit's on. Praise God. Praise God. We've got a couple of other things here um, to share. What does real revival look like? People call revival the meetings. I mean, Ray Stevens made a video years ago about the church with a squirrel in it. People have called all kinds of different things. Real revival looks like repentance, restitution, holiness, unity, seeking and doing things God's way, love, peace, joy. It means lingering with him, not, oh, church is over. Meetings at any time. Oh, there's a meeting. There's a meeting here tonight. There's a meeting here tonight. I knew it by your friendly faces. There's a meeting here tonight. Oh, limelighter song. Meetings for any length of time. Well, I'm going to church. Will you be back when I'm through? More and more and more. Do we honor the Holy Spirit with our time? Are we willing to set aside television watching, TikTok watching. If anybody's watching TikTok, you need deliverance. <laughs> All these things, oh, the hinder us, the cares of this world, the seedfulness of riches, the lust of other things. Are we willing to put them down and move with the Holy Spirit? Ask yourselves, are the things that I am doing do they energize me or do they weigh me down? I guarantee you, I've been going through this for the last several weeks. Complacency. Just take things as they come. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. Instead of saying, Lord, What's it going to be today? Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Use me. Use me today and every day. Change my heart. Take out the impurities. Bring your holiness to me. Let me walk in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Let me love people no matter who they are, where they are, and when it is. Ah. <sighs> Does your light shine? Is it a AAA battery? Or is it a battery out of one of these new EV cars? What's the light look like? Does it glare in somebody's face or does it light them up? I heard Jimmy Swagger say one time, he says, you know, the closer you get to a diamond, the greater you see its imperfections. The closer we get with the Lord, the greater our imperfections are shown. It's not because God's on our case. It's because he loves us. You know, remember the old deal with a six-year-old kid and been eating ice cream and the mother goes on the face to clean, clean up the kid's face because he's got ice cream smeared all over it? That's kind of what God does to us. He's trying to get the stuff off. 
And we have to stand still. Stand still. I'm getting this off your face here. You got to stand still and listen to him. Holy Spirit, what are you whispering to my ear? What are you bringing forth today? Holy Spirit. You see, this message, I've had it planned, haha, quite a while back, several weeks ago, but it just didn't come out. And then the first of the week, it's like, Lord, I've got to get this done. It's kind of like, I just didn't hear a lot. But then every day that happened, it got a little more and a little more and a little more. And I wrote this down last night because there was a time to him to be able to release something that I would understand. He already understood it. But I needed to understand it. I heard about Asbury. I heard about this thing that's happening in young people. I saw it on secular news. I, I heard it on Christian news. And I said, is this real? Because I know some of these things get published and they're, they're crazy. I saw one deliverance taking place on the live stream. You know, if you want to see it, it's on YouTube on a live stream. It's continual, 24-7. And then I began to understand all the messages that I've done in the past and the praying I've done in the past about revival. It's happening. It's happening. Glory to God. It's here. I don't want to lose it. I want to gain it. I want it to pick up. I want it to roll on. I want it to be the snowball rolling downhill, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it so fits with Daddy Seymour. Because that's what he longed for, was to see a revival that would reach this country and reach the world. In all of his simplicity, he had the power of the Holy Spirit in his life to do the things that nobody else was doing at that time. But yet he shared that with other people and other people came out of those meetings and they took the Word of God and they took the Spirit of God to certain places and focused on them. And those places saw revival and those places spurred somebody else in another group somewhere else, another country, another place. And revival broke out and carried it all out through all the complete world. Oh, glory to God. Oh, longing for the days to see God upon this earth. There's been a lot of prophecies about last day's move of God. I don't know this is the last of the last, but it may be. I'm going to treat it like it is. I'm going to treat it like it's the last opportunity for to see the Spirit of God roll out upon this whole place. Hallelujah. Somebody praise Him in this house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To see Oklahoma City Bubbling, bubbling, bubbling with the joy of the Lord to see the peace of God here, to see all these murders that are happening across this country cease because people's hearts are so evil, to see racism cease, to see this deal with all the confusion and gender dysphoria. Get out of the way. Let the kids live. And to see, this will be the top miracle. Democrats and Republicans working together for good. <laughs> then you know. Praise God. Folks, this, this is that. 
This is that. This is that. It only takes one day to change the hearts and lives. I was telling Kelly and Brad something this morning before I left my office about that Methodist church in Texas. It's really important to me because certain family members live there and go there. And it's done so much for them in their lives to have this man of God preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, or as he would say it, the gospel that John Wesley preached. Oh my gosh. Folks, the people that you've been praying for for decades, don't you quit. Don't you quit. You turn up the, get on the accelerator, put the pedal to the metal in your prayer life. Shift the gears. Don't forget to use the clutch. But shift the gears. It's, there's more to be had. There's more to be done. There's more to be said. It's God carrying us on the wings of his spirit. It's the Holy Ghost coming into our lives and people not resisting anymore. It reminds me of the days when I read about uh, the Welch revival and, and they would gather together in a church and they'd pick out somebody's name and they would pray for him. And the next night they'd pray for somebody else and continue and continue and continue. A couple weeks later, here comes Joe Smith. They prayed for him two weeks ago. What can I do to get saved? A sovereign move of God. The jail doors were all open because there's nobody in them. The judges didn't have anything to do except eat some popcorn. The policemen sat around with their feet on the desk. Changed the whole communities. Now I know that seems a little far-fetched, but it's true. And I'm not going to say it's going to be the same way here because whatever you think it's going to be, revival is not that. He'll do it a different way. But he always comes back to changing the lives of people. He always confirms his word with signs and wonders following. He also puts an, energ an energetic impulse into the people of God that they'll never forget it. And as long as you and I are on this earth, we'll be able to say, I remember, I saw that. I want to tell my great-grandkids, I was there! I don't want to say, well, I was there and, you know, it started, but it kind of fizzled out. We were kind of, you know, it, you know junk. It takes our faith to agree with God to change us. He is freely giving right now. He is freely giving right now. He is freely giving right now. Will we grab hold by faith and bring that into our own hearts? That's the question. Back at Asbury, we're going to show about a 13-minute clip that Dutch Sheets speaks on. What's important to me is this video, and you can check it out, was posted on January 24th, 2023. In other words, it was posted three weeks ago. And he prophesies about what happened to him in the week of 9-11-2003. And what he talked about here, and I'll let him do the best of the talking, but what he talked about here is the same thing that's going on now. Prophecy 20 years ago that's manifesting, 
And the timing of that came out. The timing of Asbury comes out. The timing of John Bevere's book, The Awe of God, comes out. And again, he's the one that said that if you are afraid of God, you'll run from him. But if you fear God, you'll run. Run towards him. I want some more Jesus. Praise God. Please. Praise God. If you're not getting our text messages about services and things, make sure that you fill out the communication card before you leave because I'm not really sure what all God's going to do, but I want to be able to communicate with you. I want to make sure that you're aware. We may open this place up. I don't know. Glory to God. But make sure you're getting our text messages so you'll know what's going on. Uh, I know we'll do something different this week. It may just be changing Wednesday night. I don't know. But it may be something else. So be sure, please, 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 uh, do your uh, connection card. You should be getting several texts a week from us about meetings. We don't text you for malarkey. We just, you know, meeting notices. Make sure you get that. If, if you don't get text messages on your phone, give us your, your phone number or your email and put on there, I don't get text, and we'll make sure you get the, the word. Dutch talked about Acts 3.19. I want to read the NIV. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Hang on. Amplified. So repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, and may come into the presence of the Lord. Hang on, I'm going to read 17, 18, 19 from the West. And now, brothers, I know positively that in ignorance you did it, even as also your chief men. But the things which God announced fully beforehand through the mouth of all the prophets that this Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent at once, instantly changing your attitude, and perform a right about face in order that your sins may be obliterated, in order that there may come epic-making periods of spiritual revival and refreshment from the presence of the Lord, and in order that he may send off on a mission to you, Christ Jesus, who has been appointed, this appointment being in the interest of your well-being, whom it is a necessity in the nature of the case for heaven indeed to receive until times when all things will be restored to their pristine glory. Things regarding which God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets who lived in bygone times. We're going to play a music video. I'd like everybody to stand if you would. And this time is a time of giving you an opportunity to act on whatever you want to act on. If you want to walk out the door, go home, that's fine. No problem. If you want to come forward and pray down here, if you want to pray at your seat, if you don't jump up and down to a backflip, I don't care. Well, whatever God is putting on your heart, you need to respond to that. 
You need to talk to him about it, and you need to receive from him on how to go about it. So this is the closing of the service, and we'll be open as long as you want it. Okay? Enjoy. Enjoy.